Welcome everybody to the best podcast in the world. This is your most favorite podcast host in the world, Nick Tibusek. And with me is the Darth Vader of the French, Rado, the boss, bossage. Oh man, it's getting better and better with this. Yeah, I'm good at it, huh? Yes. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. I think I forgot one thing. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the morning listeners. I'm not. Now you're awake. Well, yeah. This is this is a highly energized episode, and we're gonna talk about improving your pole volume number two today. We have several topics in the improving your pole because this topic never ends. And I don't know if we have enough time to put all the topics in there, but we're going to try. If not, we're going to just do another episode about it. All right. Um, improving your pole. You already had the first episode of that in the last episode. And now we're going to have the volume number two. And we have some topics left there. How about talking about some little detail work here what about arched versus hollow pull-ups yeah that's a really cool one um you know like for years um i thought that the hollow body pull-up was the go-to movement and this probably has to do because this probably has to do with the fact that um, i've been in this gymnastics setting quote unquote quite a lot you know the gymnastic bodies and everything they they had their influence on me and i thought that the hollow body pull-up was just the best movement you could do uh the best pulling variation you could do because you had this endless carryover to everything else to muscle-ups to front levers and altogether the whole pulling work and then that uh dogma kind of switched for me and now i'm uh big believer in arch pulling rather than hollow body pulling but it's not like hollow body pulling doesn't have its place and time in a training program it certainly does depending on the context and the situation of an individual um, so. Absolutely. i think what, what is very important to understand here is that you have different kinds of of, of of pulling here i mean even arch back pulling is not the holy grail and i'm saying that as someone who's telling everybody to do the arch back pulling all the time. I mean, every when we started this, I think like three years ago, nobody was doing it and now everybody is doing it. And <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to, have that, to, to, to be able to have that impact on people. But on the other hand, we have to look into this from different perspectives. Yes, arch back pulling is massively important especially when you only do hollow back pulling but the hollow body pulling i'm, I'm sorry um but yeah, the the holy grail is probably somewhere in the middle because there comes something in there that we talked before we re started recording this episode um when you do the the arch back pulling it may lead you to a pull that is a little bit too far away from the bar to be as effective as possible when it comes to moving 
heavy weights. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I think you have some experience with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so because I did arch pulling for quite a lot, so the arch pull-up variations and the Gironda sternum pull-up, um, that did have an effect on my weighted pull-ups, which are different in motion compared to the arch ones. Uh, the motion shouldn't be the same, uh, but I tried to kind of replicate it, and this ended up being quite of an inefficient movement, um, especially at the start of it, uh, because when I initiated the pull, I had this tendency to go into too much extension of my T-spine mm -hmm. and not enough flexion in my elbow. And this actually caused me to be quite far away from the bar, especially if you look at the chest distance. Um, that was quite a lot. And this is an efficient way to do your weighted pull-up you know, because you have to travel much more distance in order to get above the bar. Yeah. Um, so the solution was to you know, reduce the amount of extension that's happening in the T-spine introduce a bit more flexion in the elbow and thus have less distance between the chest and the bar yeah. and thus you have less distance of pulling altogether. Absolutely. Yeah, so you have to be careful with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And when, when it comes to, to peak performance at that point, it's also, it has a little, a little impact on your center of mass while pulling and it drives you away from the bar, um, kind of saying behind the bar, Yeah. And that, that that will definitely have an impact on you. And the other um, thing right here is um, what we what we have to think of is something that is very, very important. Where you place your elbows plays a massive role of where what what kind of muscle fibers you hit. And when you hit your muscle fibers, um, I mean, archback pulling is a lot of, of, of lat work and you, you really can feel it, but it's also a lot of track free work and all that stuff. And it, it is, it has his place. But on the other hand, there is to say that when you do vertical pulling in front of your body, you will engage your lats better. That's very important to say. That's the same thing when you do... I mean, what is very important to, to, to tell here, I'm, I'm, I'm in contact with a lot of bodybuilders. And when you go into, in, when you dive into bodybuilding, they know a lot about that biomechanic stuff. And when you dive into that, you learn a lot about what is actually the thing that let your lads grow because, of course, they need to have big lads. And that's something what we can profit from because when we learn how to use our lats the right way and make them stronger, bigger and all that stuff. We can even pull better. And this also will help us with all the other stuff. I mean, it will help us with the front lever stuff. It will help everybody with the planche work. It will even help you with handsome push-ups and also with dips because the lats are always involved in some kind of way. And this is why the lats are so important for us in, in calisthenics. This is, I, I, I think this is one of the most important things to, to say in calisthenics. We need lats all the time, all the time. <laughs> And when we, when we look at the pulling movement, there are some things that we need to talk about that, yes, the pulling next to your body is Im Im massively important. But to have the elbows a little bit in front of your body leads to the best 
engaging of the lats. And when we, when we insert that into our strength pulling, going for a run, one rep max, it will lead to a stronger pull at that point. The only issue that we're going to have here is for most people that leads into an elevation and pronation um, position of the scapula. And that is not for everyone, but for a lot of people, an issue that leads to injury. I mean, we, we just talked about it, Rado. Um, you said you never had issues with that with your shoulder, but you know a lot of people who had issues after pulling like that? Hmm. Yeah, so this thing of scapula elevation and contraction, it's quite of a tricky topic because you can't really say this amount of elevation is bad for you, this amount of contraction is bad for you. It's highly individual, and the best way you can learn it is through experience, you know, in trial and error. Like I found out for myself that I tend to compensate, quote-unquote, quite a lot with elevating my scapula and also going into slight protraction as stuff gets heavy. But that doesn't cause me to, you know, have shoulder issues or anything like that. So I still roll with it. Like, if it allows me to pull more weight, then why would I not use it, you know? And there is no need to force this uh, retraction and depression all the time if, it's lim if it limits you um, in how much load you can pull. As long as that keeps you in a safe position for you, then I see no issue with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think what what is very important to tell here is um, when we look into that, the problem is most of the time not the pronation, uh, protraction. I'm very sorry. Um, the problem is mostly in in the elevation, and um, this is also something that uh, will lead to a longer way that you have to pull to get the chin over the bar. So when you are in a depressed position of the scapula, it's a little bit easier to bring the chin over the bar because the way is shorter. On the other hand, when you look at it, when you are in an elevation, what happens here is your lats are a little bit more in a, in a stretched position. You, the more a muscle is contracted, the weaker it is. Everybody knows that from, uh, let's say you did curls and everybody knows the last squeezing part when you really squeeze it in is the hardest part. This is when your, when your biceps is actually contracted the most and it happens to the lats of course too. So to bring in more force the compensation model that the body does is bringing your scapula into an elevation. And this is to bring in the lats even more because it's the weakest position of, of the movement. But the big but at that point is people tend to get injured a little bit more when you are in an elevation because it's not the best position for the scapula at that point. Because you're gonna have some 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 problems with the um, supraspinatus, and it's because of that it might be a little issue to the rotator cuff, and this is where this gets tricky. It's not a bad position at all because there are no bad positions in in movement. 
you can't do bad positions because the, your body is able to move in every position all the time. You could, you could even do rounded back deadlifts and it wouldn't be too bad until the point you did too much of that. You know, there is no bad movement in the world, but there are movements you should avoid doing because we doing this stuff repetitive. And that's the issue here. <laughs> I think that was a very, very important one to, to talk about here. Absolutely. So... The, the truth lies somewhere in between of the hollow body and, and the arched back and somewhere in between of a very depressed scapula and a very elevated scapula. Please yeah. tell us about it. To maybe catch up um, on the hollow body stuff, like we talked about bodybuilders and the way they know biomechanics and how to move throughout the vertical pulling movement in order to target the lat target the lats uh, better. Uh, like right now, uh, I saw I see a lot of people who do this variation of the lat pull-down. Um, they actually pull the elbows um, all the way down to the sockets, hip socket, you know, um, almost stay in this protracted state and um, don't allow the elbow to go behind the body. And of course, that does have its biomechanical reason behind it. Um, and I would say that the hollow body pull-up is almost closer to that than the arch chest to bar pull-up. Absolutely. So in some sense, you could say that from a biomechanical point of view, the hollow body pull-up does have almost a better effect on the lats than the arch chest to bar pull-up. But then you also have to be careful with that because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, how you perform it and everything. And uh, it's not just this one, one variation that's necessarily no. better. The, the, the thing with that is um, we have to look at it from what muscle fibers are you hitting actually with that. Yeah. Um, to be at that point, to really bring the elbows in front of you to the hip socket, um, it hits the vertical fibers very, very much on the side of your lats. Yeah. So it makes your V wider mm -hmm. on the lowest part. It's also hit by low rows. That's a little bit difficult to, to explain to people who are not so much into this, but when you do rowing, you can actually do some... some you, you can put a little bit of, of, of work more into these or that muscle, fi muscle fibers and that stuff. And it's also possible to do that with low rows. But it depends a little bit on how much you can actually feel your lats. I mean, you know, in, in our coaching, we do have an athlete who was, who was doing um, hollow body pulling for years started doing archback pull-ups with us and now I'm integrating a lot of rowing with him to make him actually feel his lats. And that's not all the time that people just because they do some sort of pulling a lot and stuff like that, they don't have a good muscle connection and stuff like that. Not all the time. It's, it's not, yeah, I'm doing that a lot. Now I know how to feel that. That's not the case. 
Sometimes you have to learn how to feel that. And he's doing that for years. He's a very strong athlete. I mean, that guy pulls like, like 70 kg on, on a chin-up and all that stuff. He's doing 15 or 20 kg in a muscle-up. and that. He's not weak. He's not a beginner in that, in that case. I mean, it's not world-class, but he's, he's not a beginner. And um, that, that's some stuff where we, where we have to look at um, that this muscle connection helps a lot of people to get even stronger at that point. So this is also why we can learn a lot from bodybuilding because once you learn how to position and to use what muscle in what phase of, of your movement and this is this connects to every movement that you're actually doing. You profit from that in such a big way. This is why I actually say everybody who's doing doing bodybuilding stuff before they start into into uh, calisthenics, they most of the time progress so much faster because they have such a better better feeling for themselves. But I think I just went a little bit off topic. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. Um, the next point that we also a little bit talked about now, um, but we wanted to talk about was also the rowing stuff. I think that's that's a good part to dive into that from from here now, as we already talked a little bit about rowing. Um, rowing is a horizontal pulling, and of course, it's not a vertical pulling, so it's not so specialized into yes, there's this. One-on-one, -on -one. if you do 160 kg in a, in a, in a bend-over row, you definitely definitely going to pull 60 kg in a chin-up. It's not like that. But <laughs> you get a better muscle feeling. You, 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 you strengthen your body in a way that actually um, you probably are able to use your muscle fibers a little bit better. When you do rowing, it helps you a lot with positioning your scapula the right way. And of course, using the right muscle fibers. What were your experience with that? For sure. Like, yeah, the, the, the stronger my rowing was, um, the stronger my working pulling was. So like, um, if I progressed on it, I increased in load, my back um, responded quite well to it um, in terms of muscle mass. And I did have a feeling like I had a carryover uh, to my vertical pulling. Um, exactly the thing you mentioned. So getting the feeling for the muscle and also understanding the way the scapula should move throughout the pulling motion. Uh, those are two really important aspects when it comes to uh, rowing, carrying over to uh, upper body vertical pulling. Um, and also, of course, you know, the hypertrophy effect um, just gives you another big plus uh, when it comes to it. Just allows you to get volume in for this almost same muscle groups from a different pattern, um, which is great, you know, especially in terms of stuff like managing fatigue and quote unquote injury prevention. So, yeah, if you want to get better at vertical pulling, definitely come to I think so too. And on the other hand, I think it's also very, very needed for actually shoulder health. Yeah. And that's something a lot of people really have to take a little bit more care of because I see a lot of people just doing pull-ups in calisthenics. And that's, it's not a bad thing to do pull-ups. 
But if you only do pull-ups, you completely miss miss the the the, the point of of having a horizontal um, pulling movement in there, which might lead to an issue with with your scapular movements, and it also has a little effect on your rotator cuff here. So doing stuff like wide rows, face pulls, stuff like that keeps you healthy, while having stuff like low rows will help you to engage the um, right muscle fibers of your lats a little bit more. So both parts should be inserted. That's a very important one here. It's not that you only have to row with um, the elbow close to the body. It's also the rowing where you have the elbow far away from the body. Yeah, like rowing opens up so, much, so many new possibilities. Like um, a variation that I really like is the hinge row. It's a combination of horizontal and vertical pulling, you know, and it has the benefits that you mentioned. And it has an added benefit that you are also quite specific to vertical pulling and you have the opportunity to actually practice positioning. Yeah. And because of this practice, you will certainly have a carryover to your normal pulling. Absolutely. But you had more time to, you know, get to know your position and you kind of throw yourself into it. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely like that. And also here you have different variations of That's the it. I mean, you, you, you can use the hinge row for improving your your uh, your pull-up position on top, or you can use the hinge row as something that involves the um, rotator cuff a little bit more, depending on how you do it. And that's a very interesting one. It, the same comes for the face pull. You can use the face pull as something that hits your uh, delts a little bit more, and you can use the face pull in a different variation to hit the rotator cuff a little bit more, depending on how you do it. Both has its place. And that's very important to say here. Both is important. That's it. <laughs> All right. Um, coming from there, would you say there are some... some I mean, we, we talked a lot about um, bilateral stuff. I think what is also a very important one to improve my, my pulling is some stuff that is actually unilateral. Yeah. How are your experiences with unilateral movements? Yeah, unilateral stuff, like, I wouldn't say they're a must in a training program, but it's definitely good to have them, especially if you fight with some asymmetry going on or some disbalances like introducing um one arm stuff is definitely a good thing then. Um, but also nevertheless if you're someone who has perfectly fine pulling i think like like at least once a week uh, introducing one arm stuff um, either in vertical or horizontal pulling is a great decision Absolutely. Um, yeah as i mentioned it is good for people who have some asymmetry going on and this mostly happens in the scapular region. You have people who one side is higher than the other one, and just introducing something like a one-arm lat pull-down yeah. um, to kind of fight against that and to get people actually have the opportunity to, you know, get the time to focus on positioning and to feel and to see where they're at. Um, I think this is a wonderful thing to do in order to fix the issue. 
completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. But that's something, I, I mean, I've seen that for so many years now that people really profit from this. Because especially when you are not a very um, experienced athlete, you profit from that so much because you learn how to how to actually position yourself and position your scapula and all that stuff but it's also like you already mentioned for those who are very experienced but maybe need this little extra boost to to get back to the to the better pattern um it's such a big help so i i would i would not say you you must do a unilateral movement all the time but from time to time we would always bring it in and i think what is also very important to keep in mind that it is a very nice variation for some people to to refresh their mind when they all the time do some some <laughs> bilateral rowing or pulling stuff um, vertical pulling stuff it's sometimes very good to to bring that stuff in there all right we should talk about some little detail work, which is very, very, very interesting. The thumb position in your pulling, because that's something that I was always someone who, who preached to the people, grab the bar like you grab your, your sword in a fight and grab it with your, with your thumb around it. Until we changed some stuff with Rado's pulling, and it helped him a lot when he didn't grab the bar like like his sword in his chin up, and it helped his chin up a lot. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm the only person that does chin ups like that. I'm not sure if I ever saw anyone do it like that. So basically, the way I perform it is I don't have the the, the thumb around the bar; I have it above it and why I did this I basically experimented with it a little bit and I felt that it gave me another inch of pulling surface um, which of course allows me to because I have a bigger pulling surface to kind of pull better but also because my hands aren't quite big um, it allowed me to stay in this wrist flexion and not slip out of it um, and thus have an easier time to pull myself up um, in the chin-up and actually close the movement to so have an easier time closing the movement because my biggest issue was like I never had the issue of, of failing a chin-up from the bottom up. And as soon as I got um, in that position past 90 degrees, like it was a struggle and I felt like I'm not active in that position. Like I passively throw myself above the bar from that power that I created out of the bottom. And just because I did this little switch of uh, placing my thumb above the bar, I had instantly this feeling that I can stay active, I can use my biceps and actually close the movement by myself. You know? um, That's such an interesting one because I was always like, when you want to grab the bar really hard, you need to pull, put your, your thumb around it. And of course, I thought that way because I have very big hands, <laughs> very big hands. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, when you have smaller hands, that's, that's maybe different. And um, 
it's it's very interesting to see that because yeah i was always someone who who started fights with people who didn't grab the bar the right way <laughs> grab the bar the right way grab it like it's word man you're gonna lose this fight you're gonna die <laughs> yeah i remember that you were quite impressed with uh the video that i sent you like hey nick i feel really good with this script uh but as soon as i tested it and saw that it works um you accepted it immediately that's great so um the the thumb positioning for me i would always say um grab the bar with the thumb around it and it it i think it also depends a little bit on the lift because you're not doing that on on the pull-ups no i'm not doing that on the pull-ups i used to do it in the pull-ups and i sometimes do it nowadays too but only on uh wider grip variations which is quite fun like on a more narrow grip, grip like right right around shoulder width I grab it around it. Yeah, but it makes absolutely sense because um, when you grip wider, you need more mobility in your wrists. Exactly. And it, it's easier to stay in the flexion when you're wider. Like, yeah. you want to slip out of it if you're wider and you're in this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So when, when you're a little bit more narrow, it probably helps you more to grip with the thumbs around the bar. And when it comes to muscle ups, it also. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would always grab the bar on muscle ups with the thumbs around it. That's it. Yeah. Because when you're on top and you slip away, I just, I don't that's want to slip. That's terrible. That's like a suicide grip on the bench press. Like, that's the same thing. You're not, you're not safe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to me, I feel like, I mean, um, now we are coming a little bit also in the wrist positioning stuff, but um, when we, when we pull, With the with the um, thumb around the bar, and we we uh, actually have this this wrist flexion a little bit in there. Um, it will help us a lot to to bring more force into the bar. And for me, I would when I'm in a pronated grip, I would always slip out of it. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be able to keep my, I have absolutely no clue what's that in English here. Knuckles. Uh, knuckles, that's it. Fucking hell, how can I not know knuckles? We're a bare knuckle fight. Let's get it on. <laughs> uh, I, I would always, I, I always tell people, that's a little cue I'm always using. Put the knuckles on the bar, on top of the bar. That's the perfect position to really put the energy into the ball when it comes to pronated pulling. And this is also for weighted pull-ups and especially also for muscle-ups. Because you have a little bit less of a way that you have to pull, you can actually pull more into the bar and just bend it better. And that's very important to, 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 to engage the lats a little bit better at that point. And to me, it also feels like I'm able to bring in my, my, my biceps a little bit better in there. I don't know if that's only me or I don't know. If, if you're listening right now and can tell me if you feel the biceps better when you have a little bit of wrist flexion, just hit me up with a message and tell me. <laughs> I would love to hear about that. Yeah, and if someone pulls your nuts with the thumb above the bar, let me know. You're my man or my, my pal and uh, 
special experiences. Yeah. Team, team no thumbs. Right now I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm team thumbs. Th thumb up or thumb down? How are you going to survive? <laughs> we're, we're in the Circus Maximus. <laughs> This is a Roman fight. <laughs> the gladiator fight. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, fuck, yes. All right. Um, <laughs> now, now that we talked about the wrist positioning and um, the, the thumb position I think head positioning is also a very important one it's in a small little detail but um, how do you position your head and your pulling yeah when it comes to pulling you want to look at the point where you want to go to like that's the cue that I always use for myself um, I, of course there can be too much extension in the neck which could be, you know, could have a negative effect on you, but going into more extension with the neck, so looking directly at the bar or above it, um, for me, is better than looking directly at the front, um, simply because it allows me to engage my scapula better, act them in a depressed, depressed state and maintain that throughout the motion. Um, in comparison to having the neck in a neutral state, I feel that that, actually allows me to have better control of my pelvis there. So it's an experience I made for myself. Um, so, but for pulling the most weight, look at the point where you want to go to. I would say the same. And I, I can actually back that up. Um, because when, when you look up, especially when you're on a long arm, um, I, I actually, I made a video about it with um, Andy from Intelligent Strength. It's in German, but... When you when you when you do understand German, I would command you to watch that. <laughs> It's on on their Instagram, um, Intelligent Strength on Instagram. Um, actually, if you speak German and you like their books, ah, if you speak German, you should buy their books because you're gonna like their books. That's important. That's some some some, some advertisement right here. <laughs> um, All right. Um, what, what I wanted to talk about is um, head positioning in, in the pulling and especially from the start of the pulling when you're on the long arm. Um, when you look upwards, um, it usually helps you to bring up the chest a little bit. So for um, your, your spine, that's the right positioning of, of, of the actual the rib cage. Um, and it, it will help you to pull your scapula a little bit better into depression. Um, That's a very important one because you are less stretched um, in the lats, actually. And that would actually pull you a little bit more into the elevation. I know, no, I, I don't know if I explain it the right way, but I think you got my, my point. Um, that you, the, the, the most important thing right here is you are able to do better depression when you are a little bit more in an extended version of, of, of that spine at that point. So um, this, this extending here leads to kind of a little bit more arched back. A little bit more arched back will help you to um, squeeze the glutes a little bit better. And what is very important to understand when it comes to pulling vertical, And when, when it comes to, to pulling, 
to squeeze the glutes helps you a lot engaging the lats because they are connected to each other. You know, um, you, you can say there is a connection from the spine, from the arm that you have down all the way down, all your back down to the glutes. And when you squeeze the glutes and everything is like hard here, then you, you, you have the, the bones where the muscle is attached to, like the spine and your arm, <laughs> the humerus. Um, and then you have this, this other hard part, the glutes, and then the muscle is contracting in between two fixed points. Of course, that helps a lot. When you have one fixed point and the other one is not fixed, it can't pull that, that good. That's like if you stand on ice trying to pull a car. You're going to pull yourself to the car and not the car to you. Got me? And that's a very important one. Um, so... When you squeeze the glutes and you bring yourself into the better position because you extended your um, spine at a point, you, you definitely will be able to pull better and have more energy in that. And it's, it's very important to understand at that point, this is not about having an archback pull-up. There's a difference on what Rado was talking about with engaging um, the spine at that point a little bit and extending it a little bit and really having an archback pull up. That's a big difference. <laughs> Not nothing. Yes, I think we now have the most of the stuff backed up right here, huh? Do you do you do you have some more topics? Nick, we didn't talk about the most important. The most the most important Jesus. it's the curls. Yeah. Curls for the pulls. Curling for pulling. Does it make sense? It does. It absolutely does. Do your curls. But we have to talk about what kind of curls. Yeah. So if you're doing chin-ups, then you probably want to stay specific to the chin-up and do strict curl, for example. Or if your wrist doesn't tolerate that, then just jump on to the easy bar um, and have a more wrist-friendly variation. But what I think is a crucial point to it is to adapt the resistance profile that will be specific to the chin-up, for example, or to, pull, to a pull-up. doesn't matter so much. Um, add a band to it. And... You're gonna have a tougher time closing it down, the curl, but that's gonna be much more specific to your upper body vertical pulling. And you will feel that you have a lot more power to close the movement down. Once you get, get stronger on the, at the curl, um, it should have a carryover to your normal pull-ups. Absolutely. Another variation, if you don't have the chance to do something with a band here, um, would be you can actually do that on a cable, which will lead to the, you know, I think we have to dive into that a little bit um, because the problem with the, with the usual curling is gravity is a fucker. 
<laughs> because once once you um, are on top of your position, gravity works the less. So there are different ways of curling at that point to actually improve the 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 um, I forgot the word. In the closing. Okay. Yeah, to to, to, okay. to improve the resistance curve. Uh, that sorry. was the word that I was missing. Yeah. So what what can help you is you when when you do curling and you are standing tall and you do your curls is bringing your um, elbows back so that when you squeeze the most you still have a lot of of Gra gravity can i say it that way a lot of gravity working against you even if you are on peak contraction with the biceps that's one way how you can do it it's not the perfect situation for how, how you how you do the chin up because with, at, at a chin up you probably have the elbows not so far behind you usually you don't especially not when you're going really heavy Because then it gets really difficult to get the, the elbows behind you um, as you probably stick with the elbow below the bar. I hope everyone who's listening understands me here. Um, so um, to, to, to really bring in the biceps work, that would be an option to bring the elbows back and really have this peak contraction right here. That's a possibility. Another one would be to bend over and curl bend over. One variation of that would, as an example, be in spider curl, where you lay on a, on, on, on a bench, an incline bench, and, and bench uh, um, and bench and curl here, where you also have that. And there you could also ha ha keep the elbow position the right way. That would be an option. Um, and of course, The banded variation would be an amazing thing right here. And um, the cable version, for that you definitely need a gym, or at least a cable machine. <laughs> that has um, um, a strength curve and a resistance curve that doesn't change at all. So that's also a very good variation right here. What is very important to say here for the chin-up, It's very important to stay as specific as possible and always stick to the supinated um, position of your arm. That's a very important one. And that's different to actually the pronated one. And that's very, very difficult to get here because for the, for the, for the pronated variation of a vertical pull for, for a pull-up, You, of course, need the biceps in a supinated way. But what also has a very big impact, actually, is stuff like hammer curls in here. And this is so underrated. <laughs> Bring in hammer curls for a better pulling is such a massive one. How would you say, is heavy hammer curling very important or as i mean using a little bit of momentum on the hammer curl or would you always stick to the perfect 
like like a robot. No yeah. momentum. Schwer und falsch. Schwer und falsch. Ja. Translated to English, heavy and and wrong. Um, like of course you don't want to swing, um, but using some momentum from the bottom to use heavier load. I felt that I got a lot more gains doing that than just, you know, using light weights and focusing on the contraction. Didn't bring me so much. So yeah. Overload it, use some higher loads, swing a little bit from the bottom. And yeah, a, a thing that you can do to see if, um, if it's too heavy or not, introduce a controlled eccentric. And if you can't control the eccentric, um, then you're definitely good to go. You know, that's a good load. Like if you can't control it with that momentum, it's too too heavy. It's probably too heavy. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So, so uh, you can use some swing, but control the eccentric. If you can't control it, it's a good load. That's that's good. That's good. I like that. Um, it, this doesn't mean that you never control the weight that you're using on curls. Of course. I mean. He, 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 let, let, let's call it a, a, a classic set of 12 reps and you control it until the seventh or eighth rep and then you start using more momentum that's completely fine that's fine that's perfect when you start using momentums from the first rep on <laughs> probably a little bit heavy hmm? put the ego away nobody is going to judge you for taking only 20 kg on a on a, uh, on a on a on a hammer curl instead of i don't know 27 or something like that 30. <laughs> how much do you curl <laughs> most important question come on yeah it is it is but on a strict curl actually i would love to see some more strict curl competitions yeah That's cool. That's really cool. That's so manly. We need more strict curl competitions. Can someone please bring that up? Can we do that? Let's do that. Let's let's make a five exercise competition out of the four comp exercise competition. Huh? That that's a good one. Mm. We're gonna talk about that with the other ones. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna bring in the curl. Huh? Are you up to that? Please hit us up. S send send us a message. To tell us, we want strict curl competitions in calisthenics. That's important. It's going to be people just saying that's not calisthenics, but it, it doesn't matter if this is calisthenics. It doesn't matter. It's about the curl, man. It's manly, yeah. It's manly. It's manly. <laughs> I love that. That's good. All right. Um, I think we, we, we got some stuff about the curls. Did we, did, did we talk about enough about curls? Probably not. If you want us to do just a curl episode, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm, I, we do have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. It's the, the hybrid athlete community. And we, we're gonna, gonna talk about that topic. Do you want a curl um, episode? Please hit us up in that Facebook group. You can join it all the time. It's free. Um, the the hybrid athlete community. Just join us there and tell us about the the the, the curl competition. I would love to hear that. <laughs>
and the curl episode. Yeah, if you want to curl episode, then... yeah, the curl episode. Let's let's talk about it. I'm I'm down. I'm down. Down. All right. Um, I think we um talked about it all. Yeah. I hope you got some information out of this. If 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 there was something we are missing and you just have some more questions, please hit us up and uh, let us know. Um, we'd love to help you there. Um, if you need some more help with your own polling and you need definitely uh, some some real help, not only a podcast, I'm listening and I'm not using all the informations in there and I don't know how to implement that. We offer coaching. <laughs> that's why we are doing this podcast here this is marketing my friend <laughs> we do we do offer the coaching and um we would love to help you at that point yeah um feel free to contact us um hit our, our website um bar minus bell coaching dot de slash links And you're probably going to find this link everywhere in the Instagram and on Facebook and everywhere where we're at. And there you can actually contact us. Um, this is not for free. We charge for this. Please be aware of that <laughs> because we make our living out of this. And for the rest of this, I highly invite you guys to shoot us some more messages about topics that we um, should talk about in the podcast. Um, we, we definitely love to engage the community into this and give as much information about it um, as possible. As uh, our mission is in the end to make this world a stronger place as we definitely want people to get stronger and really be healthy at the same time. So um, if you have some more topics where you have some questions about um, the stuff that, that, that we can talk about, then hit us up with good topics. We'd love to hear that and get in touch with you. And I uh, wish you an amazing day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being such a, such a great sportsman. Rado, do you have any last words? After my big speech here. Do your curls. Thanks a lot. Listen to this wise young man. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>